0: Today's episode is all about the latest and greatest keyword research techniques for Amazon that you guys should be using. I'll be going super in-depth and even giving some strategies that I've never given publicly before. How cool is that? Pretty cool, I think. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Serious Sellers podcast by Helium 10. I am your host, Bradley Sutton, and this is the show that's a completely BS-free, unscripted and unrehearsed organic conversation about serious strategies for serious sellers of any level in the e-commerce world. I don't have a guest today. This is going to be a solo episode and this is going to be a keyword research kind of mini workshop. All right. I had said a few weeks ago that the DMS I get on Instagram on my helium 10 Instagram account, I would be looking at them to see what you guys were looking for in another episode. And by far, this is the most requests I had gotten is another in-depth tutorial On basically what's working for 2020 in keyword research. So, again, if you guys wanna get your voice heard out there, you know, for future episodes, you know, letting me know what you like, what you don't like, et cetera, don't forget to follow me on Instagram, H10Bradley, H10Bradley. All right, so let's get into it. All right, now, this is the first thing I wanna talk about, it's just something I, I've always talked about, you know, for the last uh, year or so, if not more, but it's super, super important. You know, originally I had, um, you know, gotten some of this, the, uh, the way to, you know, present this kind of from Brock Johnson, who has been on the podcast before, but it's about the buyer journey because you've got to understand this if you want to be able to understand your customer and if you want to be able to, uh, choose the right keywords. All right. So, you know, everybody, you know, think about what's the last thing that you bought online, you know, what, maybe on Amazon. All right. What's the last thing that you bought uh, online for me, it was uh, one of those um, ladders that go for a warehouse. Okay. So for those of you who don't know, I I actually have a warehouse behind my house is where I used to run a a previous Amazon business out of it's a 2000 square foot warehouse. And this is where I store all of the uh, project X uh, products and a lot of other case study products I still store here now. So, this is the journey. What, what, what was it for you? You know, what, what did you buy last? All right. Now, no matter what your answer is, I bet you it parallels my journey. All right. So the very first thing, when somebody buys something online before they buy it, this is what happens. They have a need that arises. So what was the need for me that arose? All right. The need was I'm getting more and more stuff in here from project X in my warehouse and I have these racks. Okay. Now I cannot reach the top of the racks. All right. So basically those racks are being unused. I just, I'm just using the floor space. So I'm like, you know what? I need one of those big, huge ladders. Like I used to have that, that you can roll and wheel around all over the place. And then now I can, you know, the, the stuff that's sitting in my warehouse a little bit longer, I can reach up and put it at the top of these uh, 10 foot high racks. All Right? So that's probably what you guys, what happened to you guys too, you know, you had some need and you're like, okay, this is what would fill my need. Now me, I envisioned it. All right. Because I already had a a similar ladder like that before. So I'm like, you know what? This is going to be a ladder that's like, you know, between like seven and and 12 feet tall. It's going to have wheels. It's going to be metal. Um, I'm probably going to have to pay between like six and $800 for it because, you know, I kind of know how much this kind of thing costs. I I already pictured it in my mind. Like I I already knew pretty much exactly what I wanted. Now, what was the next step? The next step was to translate that image in my head into a keyword, all right. That I was going to search on Amazon. So what was the keyword that I chose? I chose rolling warehouse ladder. You know, to me, that was just what made the most sense. You know, something that rolls is for a warehouse. You know, I didn't want just random ladders uh, showing up. So to me, that was the keyword that made the most sense for me. Okay. So I type that keyword into Amazon. And again, I'm sure you guys, if you are following me, you guys all picked one keyword to, you know, whether it's face mask, whether, uh, it's, you know, uh, tablet for, for kids or whatever, right. You guys chose the same things, all right? So what did we all do? We typed that keyword into Amazon and what are we looking for? We're basically looking for the product that matches the image in my head now. I chose right the first time, all right, exactly rolling warehouse ladder, the the results that came out was exactly what I was looking for, and then at that point, I'm just looking for basically the one that most matches my need, all right, most match that image in my head of what I was looking for, and sure enough, I found it right there on that page, you know, it looked like almost what I had imagined, the price was about the same, so boom, I went and bought it and it's actually going to be delivered uh, in a couple of days. Uh, I'll, I'll go ahead and post some pictures of it. Just so you guys know, I'm not making, <laughs> I'm not making this story up here. All right. You guys probably do the same thing. Now, sometimes, you know, the, the, the keyword that you choose, you don't find it right away. So then you go and type another keyword that you think might match that image in your head. And that's basically the process guys. So the key to keyword research, key to keyword research, no pun intended. <laughs> There's my new, uh, sound effects there. Um, anyways, the key to it is trying to find all of the keywords that can bring a customer looking for your product to your listing, all of the keywords that a potential customer looking for a product like yours would possibly type in, in order to match that image in their head of a product like yours. And that in a nutshell is, is the, the big majority of it. Now, there are other aspects too. There's other keywords that you'd want in there. Uh, we're gonna talk about that uh, uh, in a little bit here in this episode. But but for your main keywords, the one that could possibly bring you the most sales, you have got to make sure that you have coverage over all the main potential keywords that your target audience would type in to bring to your listing. So that brings us to the the how, all right? So you guys understand, you know, like the why and and what, you know, of what you're trying to do. But now, of course, is the million dollar question is how do we do that? So, you know, most of this, we're going to go using a lot of Helium 10 tools. Um, Guys, this is not, you know, some big sales pitch or anything, but the bottom line is that, you know, throughout the industry, uh, Helium 10 is known for its keyword research. It's the Bugatti of keyword research, you know, often imitated, never duplicated. I mean, before I even worked here at Helium 10, I was using Helium 10 for, for keyword research and, you know, like stuff that we came out with two years ago people are barely trying to copy and 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 doing a bad job at it so like we're kind of we kind of set the standard so i'm sorry i'm sorry about uh uh raving about helium 10 here but this is like this is what i love this is my passion guys and and trust me when i say it that that we're the best at this so if you guys don't have helium 10 that's fine you, you'll you be able to use some of the strategy and, and not everything i talk about today is going to be only based on helium 10 but but those of you who are helium 10 users you're going to get the most benefit out of this. But uh, if at the end of this, you, you're not convinced that you need Helium 10 for keyword research, then, then you need to rewind this episode and listen to it again. Because trust me, guys, uh, th- this is next level stuff that I'm going to be talking about. All right. The very first thing that you want to do is look for like maybe the 5, 10, 15 keywords that are going to be the most important for your listing. In other words, you think that these are the ones that are going to bring you the most sales. These are the ones that you definitely want to be including, you know, like in your title, if possible, in your search terms, these are the ones that you'll start off with perhaps on PPC, et cetera, et cetera. Whatever, whatever you do with your main keywords, you want to, uh, Uh, identify like 10 or 15 or so of these. All right. So what is the, the the way to do it? And and this method methodology hasn't changed. Like in the last two years, this is like still kind of like the gold standard of how to do it. All right. So what you're going to want to do, like, um, let's just say your product was, you know, the uh, uh, egg tray. All right. You know, like the project X egg tray. Well, you think of what the main keyword is for that. All right. And even if you're not exactly correct on a hundred percent, what the, you know, the biggest keyword is, you know, usually you have a pretty good idea, right? So what you're going to want to do is you're going to type that into Amazon and then just take a look, first of all, to make sure that the results most look like your, your, your potential product. All right. Uh, If this is a product that you're basing, you know, existing Amazon demand on. All right. And and what does that mean? So like, if I had typed in egg Skelter thing and I had a wooden egg tray, well, what's going to come up on egg Skelter. All right egg skelter is kind of like this, like wiry thing, like a spiral fancy. I don't know how to describe it. Like a spiral fancy thing that, you know, uh, you can hold eggs in now. Is that really appropriate keyword for my product? No, because once I go to that page, I see nothing looks like my, my egg tray. All right. So if that's what you had uh, chosen as your keyword, I would go back and think of another keyword, because again, you want to find a keyword where, you know, there's a good uh, majority. Um, of people at the top of the page that look like your product or have the same functionality. Why is that? Because remember, whatever's at the top of the page of a certain keyword, that means that is what customers have interacted with the best. All right. Or or the most, you know, that means, you know, people have stuck on the page. They've clicked on it. They've added it to their cart. They've bought it, et cetera, et cetera. Right. Cause remember Amazon is trying to show products to customers that gives them the best chance to get that sale because that's how Amazon gets their 15%. So, you know, that's basically, you know, a part of the, uh, the process that Amazon uses in order to decide what goes at the top of the page. So once you do that, there's still going to be other products on that page. All right. That, that maybe don't have to do with your products. Like if I chose a holder or egg tray, you know what I, there probably would be two, three, four, or five of those egg skelters or, or a ceramic, you know, egg tray or something like that on that page. But what I'm looking for is I want to find like the five, six, seven, eight, whatever most relevant to my product. All right. Now, this is something that you as a human being have to do. You know, you can't rely on some kind of computer algorithm to tell you what's relevant to your product. So what are the things I look for? Uh, I look for similar price range. You know, um, if if I've got a $20 egg holder that I want to sell, I am not going to be looking for an $80, you know, product. All right. Because to to me, the customer avatar is going to be different. $20 $20 product and $80 product. So I'm looking for, for products in the similar price range from like 15 to 30 bucks, perhaps because again, I need to know that, uh, the customers who are buying that product that I'm choosing as my main competitors to base my initial keyword research off of, I need to make sure that, uh, the potential customer or the customers that have been buying those, they would have considered my product, uh, if my product was there, right? So I'm looking at similar, uh, price range. I'm looking for a similar functionality. All right. You know, like if it's an egg holder, I'm not going to, you know, look for an egg beater. All right. That, that, that that's, that's uh, something else. All right. You know, maybe a form function color, perhaps. I really want to keep it close as close to my product as possible so that I know that it's very relevant to my product. All right. I'm going to pick the top sellers on that page that kind of meet that criteria And then what I'm going to do is I'm going to take that and put it into Cerebro. Now, the very first product that you put into Cerebro, it's called the baseline product. Now, you know, originally Cerebro was designed so, you know, for existing products, you know, like, like you have a product on Amazon already, you can compare your competitors to it just to kind of see how you're doing. But in in this case, we don't have our product yet. We're talking about our initial keyword research. So what I would do is I would throw in at the first product there. Uh, like a random egg holder, something that's definitely not one of my top products. All right, I'm just gonna throw in a random one there because all I'm analyzing is the uh, is the products that are after that first one, all right? So I'm gonna throw in random egg holder product as the baseline product. And then I'm gonna go ahead and paste the ASINs of like the five, six, seven, eight other products that I found that are my main competitors, all right? Now, once I do that, what Helium 10 Cerebro is doing is it's finding thousands, if not tens of thousands of keywords that meet certain criteria that any one of those listings are are showing up for number one, it's showing any keyword where any of those, uh, um, have shown up organically. That means in just regular search, uh, in the top 306, uh, listings. Now th- this is very important that, that we, we, we keep it wide open like that for anything detected at all in the first seven pages. Why anybody out there who is selling on Amazon knows. Uh, about the Amazon search shuffle and how Amazon throws you sometimes all over the place. All right, they, they sometimes throw you all over the place for ranks and uh, one day you'll be on page one for whatever reason and then like the next day you could be on like position 260. So we wanna make sure that we're covering as much as possible. You know, like if you were just using a filter always like for the top you know, 75 or something like that, you could potentially miss some goldmine keywords because you weren't looking at the full set of data. So anyways, that's the first thing that we are looking at is any of those products where they have been detected in the top 306 positions. The next thing we're looking at is uh, that, that, that Helium 10 found there is any of those products that have been detected in like the top 96 sponsored positions. All right, the top 96 sponsor position. What does that mean? That means, you know, like on page one, like let's say there's 50 listings. What do you see at the very top? There's probably like four or five sponsor listings. What do you see in the middle? Probably another four or five. And then at the bottom, there's some more. So basically if there's like 10 or 12 sponsored ads of a product on the first page, we're ranking those where we last detected them. All right, so if it's the third one at the top of the page, that's going to be the third sponsored rank. All right, so that's what it's doing. It's also finding any of the uh, keywords that Amazon recommends that you advertise for for any of those products. All right, Amazon, um, you know, has this kind of uh, ranking system, internal ranking system, where they say that hey, this is the keyword that you should that you should uh, advertise for because we think it's the most relevant to this product or whatever their criteria is, and so we're taking the top ones from each of those products. All right. So that's why, you know, you could end up with like 10, 15, 20,000 keywords here, the widest in the game to start. Now we had said we're looking for the top five or 10 or 15 keywords. 15,000 is not the top five or 10. So what filters would I use to try and get again to those main keywords that are bringing my competition or my future competition, to the most sales, All right. We talked about what puts you at the top of page one, right? you know, like sales. Okay. So, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to do a minimum search volume. And this, this, this is different for all kinds of products. All right. For like a coffin shelf, the minimum search volume I might be looking at is maybe like two or 300 because it's super small niche. If it was collagen peptides or neck pill or something like that, I might say minimum search volume, like 1500 or 2000. All right. It all depends on your category. There's no like one magic number. all Right? So uh, I put a minimum search volume right there just so I can make sure I'm looking for the most searched products. All right. And again, these are all filters that you can, you can adjust based on uh, how close you get to that top 10 or 15 keywords. All right. So the next filter I'm going to use is the ranking competitors. All right. What does that mean? Basically that is telling me that I'm, I don't want to see the keywords that just one of these are ranking for. All right. Or, or just two of these, like, I, if these are the top sellers, then theoretically speaking, you know, most of them should all be ranking for, you know, these, these main keywords, if they're the top sellers, you know, you would think that they're kind of like all on, um, ranking for this keyword. All right. So um, I'm going to say like, let's say I had six competitors. I would put ranking competitors minimum, like four or five. All right. Cause you know, always, sometimes there's like one or two top sellers who just might not be on the top of their game. And so they don't even have that keyword uh, or they're not ranking for it really. So, so I I don't, I never do a hundred percent. So I'm going to put minimum like four out of five, five out of six, five out of seven. That's up to you guys. All right. Now let's say there's five competitors, all ranking for a keyword. Okay. But they're all on page seven, the last time we checked. All right. Do you think that keyword is bringing those competitors a lot of sales? No, probably not. All right. So the last filter I'm going to use is the, basically the competitor rank average. So it's saying, all right, we've determined that four out of the five competitors are all ranking for this keyword. But if I were to take their average rank, their average organic position of where they're showing up, they're between one and 40. Let's just say, what does that mean? That means that on average, they're kind of like probably all on page one. All right, this is super, super great way to really get those super relevant keywords to those existing competition. And usually when you do this, if you've done the the filters right, you're gonna end up with 10, 15, 20 keywords. If you end up with, you know, too little, that means maybe you were too restrictive on your filters. You need to open it up a little bit more. If, you, if you're if you still, you know, going with, if you still find like 50 keywords, you need to like narrow down your search, all right? So usually this is, is a great place to start because these are the keywords that are bringing your competitor sales. These are the ones that you wanna mark down and, Add to your keyword list so that you know that uh, you, these are the ones you have to get. You know, as many of you can as possible, and or as many as you can uh, on the title. You you might want to put them in your search terms. You're gonna start on a manual campaign once you launch your product. You might even use a launch service to try and like get some activity for these keywords. These are golden keywords. Now, here's the thing. In the past, I, you know, like a year ago, I, I said, "Hey, stop there," and then now we just open up our keyword search. But no, we have like a that that's my step one. Uh, you know, ever since the middle of this year, we have a step one B all right. This is uh, something that I had uh, come up with and I, I, I did a podcast about this already. Uh, called it like the dream filter because originally the, this filter came to me. The idea in a dream I had is, is how it started. And then it ended up becoming reality in like a week, but we call this the advanced rank filter, right? So that first method is still the uh the number one way and the best way to get those top keywords but but how about this especially in some categories where the competition is just kind of dumb all right they kind of like don't know what they're doing all right maybe that's why you even found this product opportunity in the first place what i'm going to what i'm going to do is i might think like you know what maybe not four out of 5 are ranking for it. you know maybe there's only a couple guys who are really crushing it and there's some keywords that maybe some good guys they, they're the only ones who know about and are getting sales for these keywords, but the other guys, even though they're top sellers, this keyword is not even on the radar. So how do we find keywords like that? These are keywords that would not have come up in your step 1A because, again, the competitor rank average or minimum competitors uh, ranking competitors would have been different, all right? So for example, let's say that there's four out of the five ranking competitors. They're all ranking for it. But only one of them is ranked like in the top five, right? And then the rest, they're like on page five or six, but it's like a really good keyword for you. Would it have come up in step one A? No, it would not. Why not? Because you had put the competitor rank average of page one, you know, between like one and 20 or one and 30 or something. So, what's the competitor rank average? If one guy is number five and then everybody else is like 200, 250, 300, Well, it's gonna be like 100 and something, right? So it would not have come up, but that very well could be a valuable keyword. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to use in Cerebro the advanced rank filter, and I'm gonna just say, like, hey, show me something where we're just like between two and three sellers, they are in they are in top 10, not average, but they are all like in between one and 10 or 1 and 15. All right, now this is gonna show me some keywords that only one or two or three or whatever um, that you put competitors are crushing it on, but maybe the other top sellers are not doing so great. And this is actually kind of cool because this is a a, a method that, you know, like uh, the seller systems course, you know, teaches out there where it al- actually helps you find keywords that maybe are less competitive, all right? So, I mean, I'm not saying guys, If five out of your top six competitors are all ranking or all ranking uh, on page one for a keyword that it's too competitive. No, I mean, you've probably still got to rank for it, right? But it's going to be hard when you're competing with five out of the six six competitors for a keyword. But what if you can find a keyword that only one or two of your top competitors are crushing it on? And then the other guys, it's not even on the radar. It's going to be that much easier for you to dominate and, and take market share because now you're only competing with one or two listings, as opposed to like five or six, you guys understand that. So again, advanced rank filter is absolutely a great way to find more keywords. That could be your main keywords that you're going to launch with. And it's a way to find keywords that a lot of your competitors are just not performing well. So it might be easier for you to get to page one. All right. What, what else, uh, can we do in order to, to find keywords? All right. So that's the main keywords. All right. Your, your, your listing is not going to consist of just 10 or 15 or 20 keywords. You, you want to find those because those are the ones you probably want to put in phrase form in your listing. And like I said, concentrate on during your launch. So at this point, what I would do is I would just expand out my, my filters. All right. I would expand out my filter. So, uh, if I was doing step one, a, and I had said, Hey, show me the ones where, where four out of five are ranking for it. I'm just going to start taking, going in phases. I'm going to go in phases. And I'm going to say, no, show me the ones where maybe only two out of the top five or or three out of the top five. You know, if I had put 1500 minimum search volume, maybe I'm going to do my phase two 1000 minimum search volume, maybe 500, maybe 250, maybe even less than that. So basically I'm just opening up, all of those filters that I had really laser focused in on step one, a and one B and then expanding out my keyword list and, and and saving all of these other phrases that maybe I don't need to get in phrase form in my listing, but I want to make sure I'm indexed for the individual keywords. All right. I'm going to save all of these keywords and, and you know, in, in our listing optimization, a workshop we had a few episodes ago on the podcast with Karen, you know, I can use Frankenstein in order to kind of extract the, the single keywords. You cannot put every single keyword phrase in phrase form in your listing. There's just nine of space. So for, for all of these other keywords that maybe aren't my top 15 or 20, I I don't care about putting them in phrase form. I just need to make sure I'm indexed for the individual keywords that make up those phrases. Some of those main keywords I found in step 1A and 1B, uh, a lot of times they're short tail keywords, you know, like collagen peptides, right? Now, what I'm going to do, I'm going to get a lot of long tail keywords from Cerebro, but I can get even more uh, by going to Magnet. I'm going to go into Magnet and I'm going to put in one of my short tail keywords like collagen peptides or neck pillow, and that's going to find me even more keywords that are what's called uh, smart complete right? So it's it's going to find me other organic keywords. It's going to find me other Amazon recommended. But the one thing that magnet has that Cerebro doesn't have is the smart complete smart complete basically is showing me all the different combinations of my C keyword that could come up like in a broad match PPC campaign. So if it was collagen peptides, right? The different words that will come up in smart complete would be collagen peptides for men, collagen peptides for women. It also mixes up you know, the, uh, how, how the word is like, it, it'll be peptides, collagen, all right. Or, uh, collagen for men, peptides, like it just switches the order of the words it throws in others, it it'll, it'll throw in different tenses like collagens peptide, you know, instead of co- collagen peptides. All right. So all of those different scenarios that could possibly come up if you were targeting collagen peptides in a broad match campaign in PPC that you're going to see most of those right there in Smart Complete with Magnet. You're going to see Spanish keywords. Spanish keywords, uh, at least in Amazon.com, you know, have a lot of search volume, relatively speaking. All right? A lot of people search for Spanish keywords in this country, and um, you're going to be able to see those in Magnet as well. You might also find other niches, all right, other niches that maybe are not part of that collagen peptides word, you know, a perfect example. You guys remember those of you who watch project X, and this is something super important. I haven't really talked about it that much, but what I'm trying to say is you want to find other keywords that can attract customers who don't even know they want your product. All right. What in the world is Bradley talking about right now? All right. So basically what I'm saying is like, do you guys remember how we found the coffin shelf uh, in project X? Did we type in coffin shelf? No, we were looking under sugar skulls or something like that, right? Something completely relatively unrelated to, to coffin shelf. And then we found the keyword like Gothic decor. And then when we searched for Gothic decor, we found a lot of coffin shelves on on Etsy uh, and Pinterest. All Right? So Gothic decor, originally you might not realize has to do with your product. Guess what? Somebody looking for Gothic decor, do they know they want a coffin shelf? Probably not. They probably don't even realize that there's a such thing as a shelf shaped like a coffin. I mean, like, if you don't know that, like who would ever deduce that there's a market for, for, for shelves shaped like a coffin, but somebody searching for Gothic decor, if they see a coffin shelf, guess what? They're like, oh, wow. That's like the best thing that I never knew that I always wanted. Sorry, that's a quote from my fa- uh, favorite movie, Fools Rush In, right? But that's what you gotta find keywords like that as well. They're not necessarily 100% like top keyword or super relevant to your product, but ask yourself this question about these keywords. It, what are the keywords that maybe somebody searches for it and they might not know my product exists, but if they see it, it's still relevant to them. And we would have a chance, you know, that was kind of like what we did all again in project X with the egg holder, all right? What we were selling was a wooden egg tray, all right? But people were not really searching for wooden egg tray on Amazon yet, now they are. But at the time they weren't, you know, they were typing in egg holder or egg tray. But what we reason is, is like, hey, somebody who types in egg holder or egg tray, even though what's on page one is not this exact product, If they just saw our product, they would be like, oh, wow, I was looking for a a plastic egg holder, but I didn't even know a wooden egg holder existed. I totally want this. Same thing. Gothic decor. Hmm. I'm looking for something kind of spooky, right? Wow. I didn't know that there was a such thing as coffin shelf, but now that I see it right here in front of my face, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and buy this product. So guys, be looking for keywords like that using both magnet and cerebro. And I got a special one at the end of this episode that I have never really, uh, I've never really, no, I literally have never talked about before. That is great for these ones that aren't on Amazon yet. So make sure to stay to the end for that. All right. What else can we find? Uh, What about brand analytics? Now, you know, we, we don't get too many messages about it, but some people say, Hey, you know, I don't have brand registry. Can, can you guys put the brand analytics, uh, you know, in your tool and guys, th- that's exactly why we can. All right. So it, the Amazon terms of service say that, you know, the brand analytics is only for brand registered sellers and you like, it's like big bold letters, you know, you cannot share this with other people, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, we have the best reputation in the game as far as, you know, sticking within terms of service, and, and not doing anything that could get our users or ourselves in trouble with Amazon. And that's pretty much why people trust us the most with their data, you know? So we're not going to put the brand analytics on our tool unless there was, you know, something changed on Amazon's side where, where somehow it's, it's, it's not bad, you know, to do that anymore, right? So if you have brand registry, then what I would suggest is absolutely use brand analytics. If you don't have brand registry, guys, what are you waiting for? Apply for brand registry. Brand analytics is super powerful, right? So one thing I like to do, if, if I wanna kind of like determine if some of these keywords are really like s- how important they are for a certain uh, s- uh product, uh, I'm gonna look in in brand analytics uh for, you know, with their ASIN, those competitor ASINs, or I'm going to just put in the keyword into brand analytics and see who are the top three that were clicked on. That's what brand analytics is showing you. So like if you had too many keywords at the beginning, like 20 or 25 or 30, and you wanted to whittle it down to your top 15, that's another way that I would use to, to whittle it down. It's like, okay, of my top competitors, was this really a keyword that they were getting a lot of sales for? Cause brand analytics will also show you if they were top three in clicks, and then it'll it'll show you like, you know, what kind of percentage of the conversions they got for that keyword. Now, what else can we talk about today? One thing we did in the project X was a test listing, test PPC listing. We talked about this and we're like, all right, hey, We're not sure if there's enough demand here. So we're going to just like buy some from Etsy or get some samples from the supplier. We're going to throw it up at a really high price and a kind of terrible listing. And and then we're going to see, can we still get clicks? Can we even get purchases? You know, uh, what are the impressions? All right. Now, when you do that, guys, I highly suggest doing the same three campaign PPC approach that we have in ads, you know, our PPC tool, just as if it was a regular product. In other words, I'm going to do the proven campaign for those main keywords that I think are going to bring me the sales. All right. But I'm also going to do a broad campaign on maybe some short tail keywords and an auto campaign with maybe a low bid. Cause guess what? Amazon is going to start showing you for keywords that you didn't even realize could have been relevant for your product. All right, And every time I have run a test PPC listing, I find a lot of these keywords that I never would have found in like Cerebro or Magnet or my own research. Why? Because they're like really super, super obscure tie-ins. But guess what, guys? You want to fill up your listing with keywords, even if it only brings you like one sale a month, all right? Even if it only brings you one sale a month, if you can get 100 keywords like that, that only bring you one sale a month, hey, that's 100 100- Sales per month. All right, so that's another great way to do it. Do the PPC test listing, and of course, you'll find even more keywords like that when you actually have your actual product and of course are running PPC on it. Of course, you're going to find some 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 keywords that you you didn't realize are relevant to your product. But remember, we're talking about a scenario where you don't even have a product live yet. So this is your initial listing. So that PPC test listing is not just for confirming the demand of your product. It's not just for trying to get an idea of your uh, PPC. Bids of what it'll it'll be for a a, a new product, but it also gives you some insight into into keywords that you might not have realized are relevant to your product to potential buyers. So that's another great way. Another thing here is keyword ranking history. Okay, so let's say again we're talking about those top fifteen or twenty keywords that you found from your competitors, and you're wondering, okay, how important is it? for this product. All right. Now, again, brand analytics might give you part of the story. You know, if it was one of the top three, it'll show up there, but you know, by definition, you're not going to see all of the competitors there because again, it's only showing the top three clicks and we're talking about five, six competitors. And it's very well possible that, you know, that, you know, most of those uh, competitors weren't the top Clicked, right? So, how would you do that in that case? Well, what I would do is I would add those competitors and those keywords into Keyword Tracker by Helium 10. Here's the thing I can see, as soon as I add it in, I can see the complete history, usually of going a year or even more of where they were ranking for that keyword. So then I can look on Helium 10 X ray. So, I can see when that product was launched, and then I could see their BSR history and their sales history. And then when they started really getting a lot of sales on that keyword, I can check, cross check it with that keyword rank in the keyword tracker, where they were on that day. So, I could see which keywords that they just barely got to page one on, which ones did that have an impact on their sales? All right. So, if I see that on like June 1st of 2019, they jumped up uh, in sales by like 50 units a day or something like that. And if I can correlate that to on that exact day or around that date, they jumped up to page one for one of those main keywords. Guess what? We know then that that keyword is a big driver of the increase in sales. Conversely, let's say that they, you know, we look in this keyword tracker history and they jumped up to page one on this one keyword on this date. But if I look at x-ray and I see a completely flat BSR or a flat estimated sales, in other words, they were selling 50 a day like almost continuously, guess what? Now I know that that keyword that maybe I thought was important didn't really bring them probably that many extra sales because there was no big spike or any spike at all in their sales, all right? So there's another method I haven't really talked about that much, but again, Use keyword tracker in your keyword research, as opposed to just thinking about it as a tool to monitor your own keyword ranks. All right, heck it can even show me where, if they were concentrating on PPC originally, cause I've got that PPC data. So again, keyword tracker guys, I'm running out of time here, so I can't really talk too much about it, but go into keyword tracker, watch the video about how to use the history. And that will give you some more information. All right. What else? Review insights, guys, is another tool that you can use to get uh, other keyword ideas. We talked about that a few weeks ago in our listing optimization workshop. It's going to be great for you in order to find like use cases for your products or what people are thinking about for your products or your niche that you didn't even realize, you know, like when we first did that for the egg holder, all of a sudden I saw that there was people who were using the egg holder for a chocolate display. All right, so uh, I found that from the review insights, like there was like two people who mentioned chocolate. I never would have used that keyword in my listing. All right, I never would have thought about that. All right, so now I got that insight from review insights and from day one, now I'm gonna have chocolate holder, you know, like in my listing so I can immediately start getting some traffic based on that. Another thing you could do, look at frequently bought together. All right guys, look at frequently bought together on your main competitor's products why because you can sometimes get insight into other products that you want to start uh, ranking for keywords uh for that for example the 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 example i always give is like neck pillows okay so before like maybe neck pillows you do frequently bought together you see that people are buying like eye masks or earplugs with it well that may, that makes sense right eye mask and ear uh, earplugs people are buying that together so uh, i want to be able to show up potentially or at least be indexed for eye masks and uh, earplugs. And then if people see my neck pillow and those uh, searches, Hey, guess what? There's a good chance that I could get sales even off of a different keyword because I have this history that people who buy one thing also buy this other thing. That's not a guess. I mean, that's Amazon actually telling me that this is frequently bought together. In addition, I wanna go from day one and start uh, showing up for on, on some of those products and some of those keywords for PPC, right? Now, if you if you're not indexed for those keywords, it's a lot less likely that Amazon will show you and sponsor results for those. But if I have those main keywords from those listing in my listing itself, from day one, I'm gonna start showing up for some of those keywords. So uh, how do I get indexed for those keywords? Remember step 1A that I talked about, about getting the main keywords for your product, all right? Do step 1A that I talked about today for the frequently bought together for some of your competitors' items, all right? Uh, and then again, uh, you know, you might be wondering what well, I have to go and look for the frequently bought together. No, take your competitor's ASIN, put it into black box product targeting, and we will show you all of the different products that we have seen recently in the frequently bought together with there. And then you can pick out some ones that you know pique your interest, and then again, run step one A of that keyword research there. So there's another another way. What else we got here? Oh, oh guys, really important, right? If you're only going to sell on Amazon.com disregard, you know, the next couple of minutes, but if you plan on eventually going to Amazon Canada, Amazon Mexico, you know, Amazon, uh, India, Amazon, Spain, Amazon, you know, Germany, et cetera, et cetera. Don't just translate your listing, all right? Don't just translate it. You have got to do this keyword research in the other languages. All right. And we have all of that in helium 10 already, you know, whether it's Amazon, India, Amazon, Europe, Amazon, Mexico, et cetera, et cetera. We've got that in Helium 10. So do not just translate or think that these are the main keywords in all, in all places, different countries. They search things differently. They use different keywords. Even the translated keywords are sometimes different. So again, everything we have talked about today, everything you need to do it one by one in each of the marketplaces to really make sure that you are finding keywords relevant to that marketplace. Right, relevant to that marketplace. And here's the case: you might have heard me mention Canada and USA. You might be thinking, "Well, wait, Bradley, Amazon Canada, you're not translating. That's English. They speak English over Amazon UK. They speak English, right? Guess what, guys? Even in the same language, different words mean different things. All right. So uh, here, let's do a test. You know, those of you who are British will get this, and you might be offended over my accent. But those of you who are American might be like, "This might be news to you." All right. So, for example, if a British person went to you and said, Uh, do you have a nappy for your child? What would you be thinking they're talking about? Like, are you trying to say my kid has nappy hair? Like, yeah, I have a comb, I can comb my kids hair. No, what they're saying, nappy for British people means diaper, all right? So that's English, but it's English, English, all right? So imagine if you had a diaper product and you just had diaper all over your listing for Amazon UK, you know, it's not gonna do as well as if you had nappy or vice versa. You have a diaper, or and you're 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 from England, and you're trying to sell on Amazon.com. People will be like, "What is this product? Nappy? I I don't want to buy a a Hugs Loves Nappy, whatever some brands right here, right? All right, what about this? Uh, excuse me, do you have a dummy for a child? You might be like, "Are you trying to say my kid is a dummy? You want to get hit in the face, right? But what does that mean to a British person? That actually is what we call in America a pacifier, a dummy." All right. So again, can you see the big problem here with even in the same language? The point is you cannot just bank on the the same keywords, meaning the same things in different marketplaces, even if the language is the same. All right, guys, I'm sure there's things that I haven't talked about. Don't, don't forget. I have my 30 second tip uh, coming up right here, but Almost all of this I talked about in a, in a two hour, like I, I went really went in depth. So um, if you wanna see that workshop, I think the, the website is a keywordresearchnow.com. So keywordresearchnow.com. Make sure to check that out. I go a lot more in depth where uh, on some of this stuff. All right, so now we have come to the part of the show called the, t- the TST, the 30 second tip, all right? So I've been giving you lots of strategies uh, that hopefully you guys have found useful, but let me try and do something in the next 30 seconds here, all right? All right, so if this is keyword research has nothing to do with Helium 10, okay, here we go. So let's say you're doing one of these products that you found from Etsy uh, or Pinterest, but, but it is selling on Etsy, and there is like nothing on Amazon yet, so you cannot use the tactics that we talked about today because there's no competitors to research. If it's on Etsy, look for the top sellers. All right. The top sellers of the product, scroll to the very, very, very bottom of the page of those top products that are selling on Etsy of the same thing that you're going to do very bottom of the page. There's this thing that says explore related categories and searches. What that is, these are actually the top hashtags that the Etsy seller has identified for their listing. All right top hashtags. And usually these are the things that they feel using their own software or using whatever will most bring uh, sales to their listing. All right. Find that explore related categories and searches. Those are maybe the main keywords that you want to have for your first Amazon listing. If you can't have Amazon data that you can do with helium 10. All right. So that was I uh, I don't think I've ever talked about that uh, before. So there's just a little Etsy hack for your listings. All right, guys, uh, I hope you found this keyword workshop beneficial. I know there's a lot of information here, so go back and listen to it. Don't forget to throw us a review, uh, whatever you're listening on. Follow us, subscribe, you know, whether you're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, make sure to subscribe and follow us and leave us a review on whatever you're listening to. And what else would you like to listen to? Or is there a guest that you've always wanted to hear on this podcast? Don't forget to send me messages on my Instagram account h10bradley, h10bradley. And also whenever you're listening to this, I would love to see how you guys are even listening to this. So take a selfie of yourself as you listen to it, except if you're driving in the car, I don't want you to get in an accident and then tag me in your Instagram story and I'll, I'll repost it. So guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Stay tuned for next week. I got something else exciting for you then. See you guys in the next episode.